learning when to push, learning when actually you've got aerobic conditioning programmed so you should do aerobic conditioning not push it to a maximum effort pace. What's up guys, it's Tom from Chalking Fitness. Thanks very much for tuning into the podcast. If you're not already, please do follow Chalking Fitness on Instagram, at Chalking Fitness, where you'll come across loads of news and content relevant to the UK-centric CrossFit and functional fitness community. Additionally, do make sure you subscribe to the new Chalking Fitness newsletter. There should be a link in the show notes, but you can also find that on the bio on Instagram. But for now, do sit back, listen up, and enjoy this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Chalking Fitness Podcast. I'm delighted this week to welcome a member of High Performance CrossFit, more specifically to welcome Georgia Radley to the podcast. Georgia, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. We've had a bit of a kind of chat just before kind of hit and record. You'd had a, uh, you'd had a trip to the beach, perhaps not the most uh, <laughs> uh, productive trip to the beach from what, you, what, you, what you've described, <laughs> but that's part of learning to, to live in the northwest, right? Yes, it is a learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> Went from two people, from, Beth and Sophia from the northeast. So we're all learning, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, having moved up from, I get, you describe it like West Midlands, right? Kind of that, yeah. that kind of area. Everyone up here calls it the South. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's like you're from the South. I'm like, it's called the West Midlands, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of find like anyone who's like, and the, and it, and the, the kind of like North-South divide isn't kind of like horizontal on, like no. it doesn't run East to West. It kind of runs from like <gasps> Nottingham to, to maybe like, you know, Chester perhaps and mm, it's like yeah. anything south of that is the south so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah but, uh, but you are closer to the coast now though than I imagine being in the wet midlands right so yeah yeah definitely so it's only about 40 minutes I think well it's a delight to have you on um you know really looking forward to kind of like talking to you about many kind of uh, your uh, experiences within CrossFit and probably more broadly as well um you know great not to talk to someone else who's uh, been to the games as well I, I, it's phenomenal to see <laughs> so many athletes now getting that games experience you know there were three teams that went last year we've got a boatload of teams and individuals going to semi-finals this year and so you know i think uh uk crossfit is only growing uh and you're a part of that and so it's a like delight to talk to you thank you yeah it's exciting before we dig into that um kind of past and future uh past present mm-hmm. and future i should say mm-hmm. i love to start with a warm-up um, and I always go with the same warm-up question now, and that is I like to ask my guests what their birthday workout would be, and they can you can choose three movements. Oh, that's really hard. Um, I might go overhead squats. Maybe just a one-rep max overhead squat. Could it be nice. that simple? <laughs> <laughs> like 25, 10, 96 could do 25 Dublin uh, 25 overhead squats 10 ring muscle-ups 96 double unders nice nice I don't know it's not something I'd be good at but it'd be quite fun well and this is the thing when you're thinking about it to begin with I was like is that because you're trying to think would you want to do something kind of that you'd enjoy something that you'd be good at um are they typically the same thing or do you want nah, something really. that you, need to, work- <laughs> that you uh, that you uh, need to work on so with that yeah I'm, I'm intrigued then to say something you enjoy something you're good at like 
how how are that how do they differ would you say I know that's quite kind of a philosophical question but yeah I'd say the longer the longer I've been doing CrossFit and also I think um a lot of change sort of from um like my first say four years of doing CrossFit into the last few years of like training in a class training with more people and obviously now I've moved up to Wigan I'm training with more people again um but training up at high performance CrossFit isn't quite the same as training in your standard CrossFit box so your perception of whether you're doing well or something on Mm. something is quite skewed um (laughs) because there's always (laughs) someone there who's going to beat you which is really good for um obviously progressing that's where I want to be like if you're the biggest fish in the pond like go to the bigger pond sort of thing so it's great it's great to have that environment um but sometimes um I'd say like I might not think I'm doing that well at a workout because someone else did better than me and it actually turns out that they won that workout on the Mm. on whatever leaderboard it was and it's like oh actually I did quite well um but I just didn't do quite as well as them but that doesn't mean I haven't done well Mm -hmm. um but like an example, say I'm just in the European Championships qualifiers. Um, yeah, I've done them all now. Um, and uh, on paper, like you'd look at the first one, rowing and devil's press. I'd be like, mm, not not a big fan of that. Devil's press, my shoulders are a little bit weak. And then the second one was like a clean and jerk ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say on paper, like that second one's probably something that people would be like, oh yeah, Georgia would be better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't clean 85 kilos <laughs> um, and the devil's press when I came second. Um, so it's, it's sometimes the ones that you think are going to be, sometimes the workouts you think are going to be the easiest or the most fun are the ones that come and bite you. And sometimes it's the ones that you think are going to be like, oh my God, this is going to be the worst workout ever that end up being, oh, actually, that wasn't so bad. Mm. And sometimes oh, the workouts that you think you're going to be good at, you're really not. <laughs> It's kind of like really, really interesting. And, and I want some question I, I really want to ask you and I'm going to try and hold my tongue. So I have the habit of doing this with my warm questions. <laughs> no. It's kind of like, yeah. just like in the gym, just being kind of like, oh yeah, I've done some burpees. I'm warm. Let's go. And mm. I really want to ask some questions on, especially shifting that kind of like the training environment to high performance CrossFit, but we will get into that. Yeah. What I'm intrigued and you were talking there around how like, your, you know, how your training had cha- changed in the last few years, say to perhaps previously and how sometimes kind of performance versus say the experience at the time especially if you're doing online qualifiers you don't know how you've done until um say the scores go up have you had to like learn to say kind of find your enjoyment like we always talk about like kind of try to enjoy the process rather than the outcome and we all know that you're not always going to be able to control the outcome especially if it comes to a leaderboard because there's a thousand forty however many other scores on there so like has have you have you changed what you enjoy about your training over time do you think as you've become say a more experienced athlete um yeah I think so like I'd say I used to have a lot more um sort of notebooks with goals for what PRs I wanted to hit that year um and now it's much less about the PRs and much more about hitting 90% consistently Mm -hmm. or like how how good do I feel in that workout or even like um say quarterfinals last year versus this year like last year I qualified for semis this time I didn't um but like it's not like I was a million miles off there's lots of different factors sort of thing but one of the biggest things I noticed after the GHD workout like last year I felt 
so much less recovered despite having done more volume of GHDs than I had in the lead up to this year. And I'm sort of like this year quarterfinals was really, really tough, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's things like, oh, I can do that session and then I can come back tomorrow and still perform. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe this time last year, if I'd done that session, it would have taken me out. Um, mm-hmm. So there's yeah more, more to performance than like your biggest lifts or like hitting your yeah. biggest sets of um, gymnastics, things like that. Yeah. Um, and also, like you say, like you can't, you can't control um, a lot of things. And it's something I also bring into sort of my work, like with my nutrition clients, it's sort of like, you can set yourself a goal weight, like to lose weight, but you can't, you can't control exactly what your body's going to do mm-hmm. with the stimulus that you put into it. Just like, I can't say I want to do a back squat cycle and add 10 kilos. But what I can control is, do I squat three times a week? Do I sleep well? Do I yeah. eat well? Um, and I really like to sort of have like um, some kind of a habit tracker, kind mm. of like a star chart <laughs> um, and like get satisfaction from that and um, like makes the process a little bit more tangible. And I think like setting setting goals, like setting consistency in itself can be a goal. Mm-hmm. Like rather yeah. than having an outcome goal, like have a pro- having a process goal, like I'm going to do all of my programming this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to run X number of times a week, et cetera. Yeah. I can't control how fast my 5K is going to be, but I can control how much effort I put into my running. Like, I think habit-based stuff, and I know you, you talk about that within, you've just been talking about that within nutrition, but it is one of those kind of like small, tangible controllables, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, because it can be very demoralizing to focus on the output where like say there are many factors that play into that whether that output be your position on the leaderboard or the number on the scale or the weight on the bar actually like there are many things some of which aren't in your control that might hinder that it's funny because it's like the the not the simple non-glamorous stuff is often the stuff that's going to pay the most but it's kind of like it's not very exciting like i'm going to pull us back to the the birthday wad that we were talking about about 10 minutes ago right (laughs) yeah because we're talking about kind of like you know some of the less glam i I called it the less glamorous stuff of Mm. like sleep and kind of like you know circadian rhythm whatever it else might be recovery Mm. mobility like you chose in your when we did get to a birthday watch you chose like overhead squats and ring muscle ups both of those i say are pretty kind of like i'm gonna call them glamorous like they're they're good they're good kind (laughs) of like advanced movements like is that something that like you picked up quite easily within the crossfit methodology or is it something you've worked hard at over the years um I'd say uh, like I've had to work very hard on it and I do get a lot of comments still like oh, I'm so jealous of your overhead mobility uh, like when I overhead squat like I can do it with a narrow grip and when I did it in quarterfinals I actually did it with a front rack jerk mm-hmm. um, but that was actually only because I'd practiced a couple of weeks before and I literally couldn't behind the neck jerk I think I couldn't I failed 97 and on the day I hit 110 so I was like I'm not I'm not jerking behind the neck um, so that happened to be easier for me but then what people don't see is that when I first started CrossFit I was like a piece of jelly and so yeah I could get the bar like I could do like a narrow grip overhead squat I could have my hands sort of crossed over um but I couldn't catch a snatch um and I could hardly overhead squat because the bar would go behind me because my shoulders were too mobile and like that's kind of been a theme in general like a lot of what I'm doing at the moment is um just really basic strength stuff so my Olympic lifts are pretty good because my mobility my raw strength is pretty poor so like I don't have much sort of tension um 
you if you watch me lift, I bounce right out of my squat. Um, and so like my front squat's one ten, my clean's one ten. Mm-hmm. So people look at me and be like, "Oh, you're like really strong." I'm like, my Olympic, like I'm not weak, obviously, but my Olympic lifts are much mm-hmm. higher in proportion, and sort of my deadlift was like one thirty. So how can I clean one ten and deadlift one thirty? Doesn't really make sense. <laughs> um, so I'd say technically, um, maybe I picked things up a little bit faster than most. I think I started just about at that age of like I was eighteen when I just about to turn eighteen when I started. Um, mm-hmm. But then I know a lot of people start at that age or maybe they start a bit later, but they've come from another sport. Um, and I do, I, the only sport really, obviously everyone does the sports that they're forced to do at school. Um, <laughs> but then I also did a bit of rowing at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my only sporting background. But prior to actually starting CrossFit, um, I hadn't done like, basically I hadn't done any exercise um, mm-hmm. since the start of the year. I start towards the end of the year. Um, I really struggled with my mental health um, and really been quite ill with them actually been in the hospital so Mm. I really started from like zero um and so like when I started CrossFit I literally couldn't do a press-up couldn't do any of that so I think coming back to like that um that birthday workout like for me a ring muscle-up is like a really fun movement because it's something that I've had to work so hard on Mm. and it's so fun to be able to do that now because of all the effort I've put into it yeah yeah like the fun is almost in the fact that hey, I couldn't even do a press up before and now I can do 10 of these. Um, mm-hmm. And like who I've become um, that you kind of like, hey, that's kind of worked pretty hard. And actually, even though week by week, you don't really see the progress and you get frustrated, you're like, oh, like, wow, I can kind of do these pretty cool things now <laughs> I couldn't do before. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's really interesting and appreciate you kind of like sharing like a bit of insight into your kind of like journey with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I think people have so many, with such a young methodology, young sport, relatively speaking, as much as like functional fitness has been around for like, yeah. it's, 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 it's gathered together many different things. It's not really invented much in terms of individual movements, but the way it's utilized. It's bringing them all together. Yeah. And, and made it a lot more accessible. Like, you know, I kind of yeah. chatted with the, the girls from, Aleko recently and around that yeah. kind of like having that um you know probably wouldn't a lot of people men and women wouldn't even dream of weightlifting right and it's definitely mm-hmm. um kind of brought olympic weightlifting back to like the hobbyist rather than say the kind yes. of like athlete aspiring to uh, aspiring elite and elite athlete to do that so mm-hmm. now it's, it's really interesting and um i remember talking to to marth cook and she came yeah. from uh you know having that like I guess I'll, I'll call it hypermobility, whether it was hypermobility or not, yeah. but that where you're having to work really hard to like not get stuck at the bottom of a squat. Right. Yeah. Then yeah. there's folk like myself um, who, uh, you know, maybe just getting into the bottom of the squat is half yeah. the problem, but that kind of helps with kind of like the yeah. power, the, the brute strength, yeah. the kind of power. Lifting. Exactly. Exactly. And we're all jealous of each other. <laughs> I'm like, can I have your strength and my mobility and we'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. But I do think like um like that overhead squat, the overhead squat is a brilliant kind of like test of so many different things in terms of like, you know, strength, mobility, coordination. You know, when you think of the 10 elements of fitness, it really addresses a a few. I'm pretty sure on a previous podcast I said like a good overhead squat and then a hundred burpees for time. Those two between them are probably a good kind of like measure of a very a a number of different elements. (laughs) I'll take that. I'll take that. I wouldn't mind that at all. So um, you mentioned getting into kind of CrossFit 
you know, just, just turning 18 and you really were yeah. starting kind of like from, you described it as kind of starting from, from zero. Yeah. Um, 2017 was your, your first open. So if I do maths, that's, um, that's five 2014. Years. 2014. 2014 2014 was when i first stepped into a crossfit gym yeah yeah okay so, so it was a few to, years before to, to save you from doing the math yeah yeah so uh, what i was going to yeah. say so it was a um so then it had been a few years of kind of like just training and, and the methodology before kind of like dipping your toe into uh dipping your toe into the open so yeah. was was all that time spent uh because right back then you were crossfit west midlands right so yeah is that where you kind of like got into the methodology at the age of 18 but also then did your first open so what happened I joined in like it was end of 2014 so just before my 18th birthday and then the first open then that I was like around for was 2015 Mm -hmm. um and I didn't even know what the open was then so I hadn't signed up and it was like oh it's the open so I probably I did the workouts but I have no record of them um and then 2016 I believe I was going to do it but I had an injury Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so 2017 ended up being my first open. So it wasn't yeah. like a, a deliberate thing of uh, not not signing up for the open. Um, but it was never, it, it's funny because I've kind of been through from starting back then. I remember um, my coach at the time saying to me, like, um, I remember Annette, Annette Tucker um, was he he knew her really well and like mm-hmm. she was like this regionals athlete um I think she'd already been to regionals at that point and like she I always remember like really kind of like looking up to her um I still do and then she I get to be on a team with her now in um what a what a yeah, so it's kind yeah. of funny how these things like come around um but I remember back then um my coach said to me she clean and jerked 90 kilos <laughs> and you just think wow like people are snatching that these days at that level like um that's kind of how much it's changed and the goalposts keep changing like I always wanted to go to regionals and then regionals disappeared (laughs) and then I wanted to go to sanctionals (laughs) and then sanctionals disappeared and then then it was covid and then I wanted to go to semi-finals but uh, but then covid (laughs) (laughs) and then I wanted to go semi-finals but I just didn't get in (laughs) (laughs) uh I kind of want to I've I've going to say unknown and unknowable right you know but yeah. sometimes it's the wrong type of unknown and unknowable there's that there's that which kind of like gives growth and then there's that which is yeah. just a just a pain oh, right <laughs> um, the goalposts. <laughs> yeah so so you mentioned there you know wanting to get you know looking up to someone like Netta Tucker and then yeah mm-hmm. to have been on the competition floor with her a lot of flus that must be must be awesome so 2017 I've got as your first open and mm-hmm. then 2018 you came like around 1700 worldwide so there was a big jump up is it around that time 2018 when you were like started being like you know what I'm serious about this is like a competitive sport um my open finishes are probably the worst bit of data you could possibly have on like like, I just feel like they do not reflect me as an athlete at all um because they you can you've got them in front of you've got them in front of you uh this year I did worse than last year and then I mean even last year um if you look at where I came in the open then mm-hmm. where I came in quarterfinals um both times it's just mm-hmm. completely different um so whether it's the element of skills in the workout um whether it's the number of people on the leaderboard whether it's just my deadlift mm-hmm. it's not good <laughs> um 
but no I actually when I started CrossFit um in 2014 um that summer I'd watched the CrossFit Games on YouTube and obviously it was like I want to go to the CrossFit Games yeah um <laughs> so uh yeah no I I feel like as like personality like always been um a perfectionist and like I don't just want to do something um like oh I I'll just go to CrossFit a few times a week now from the second I started like I went six times a week and it was like Georgia you need to take a rest day um <laughs> like <laughs> like then I'd, I'd go every single day that the gym was open sort of thing um yeah. just because I really enjoyed it and um the community as well I made a lot of friends there um so no I'd say I've always taken it seriously um thinking my first coach um coached me up until 2019 start of 2019 yeah. uh, he's also my boyfriend and then he dumped me so i got a new coach then. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably for the best it might have made things a bit easier <laughs> maybe um and that coach was actually um the same coach that um Annette Tucker had um at the time um yeah and like, he, he was he was great but it was very like uh remote coaching mm-hmm. um and just didn't I did the it was the year of two opens I think it was the 2020 open and I was just like I did that first workout it hit me like a ton of bricks and I was like I'm not where I want to be and I'm not I'm not where I could mm-hmm. be so that's when I made the switch to AOD and like I made a lot of progress with them um yeah. so like that was definitely the right decision for me at the time um and like that that went obviously really well for quite a long period of time um it just came to that point where it was time to make a change again yeah, um, yeah which is where I am now with JST so I've always been serious it's just different things have worked different ways um and being at different points in my life really now I, I like that you've kind of you know challenged on the the kind of like using just like say open workouts right because we've already talked about we talked about this in the warm-up right is that like the the open is just five workouts or three workouts now right three workouts, and, yeah. and and so you can't kind of judge um you know kind of everything off off that you know and just like we were talking about in the warm-up you know there's only there's only a certain number of like controllables you have and and mm-hmm. you know even the 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 open now is just a stepping stone to to later stages right and yeah. so you know there's there's only so much weight that can be put on it um and and i probably put you know i do the stats on it right and um sometimes i think it's like the good thing about stats is i think they can give a um a landscape but if you yeah. zoom in too much and look an individual mm-hmm like point on that landscape you're giving it perhaps too much too Mm. much um kind of like focus right and that like actually it can be good for looking at kind of like a range and that's why i've started to focus on kind of like quartiles and allowing you to kind of say Mm. there or thereabouts i'm i'm here or there but again for 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 a lot of people the open is the end of the road right and it's not wrong to call it the end of the road but it's the only part of the formal game season they're going to take a part on and so they can be like right well it's here or there but actually Mm -hmm. for individuals like yourself it's like it's a stepping stone to the next part Mm -hmm. right and not to put too much weight on it after that before i think it was definitely more comparable when there were five workouts Mm -hmm. um like if we'd added a fourth workout on this year like i'd be willing to bet a decent amount of money on that I'd move up mm-hmm. on the leaderboard just because deadlifts are probably my number one weakest movement mm-hmm. especially in that they're a low skill movement that a lot of people who couldn't do a lot of the other stuff that I can do could out deadlift me yeah um also I like I did hurt my back in January <laughs> um it's probably, so, probably um, not good for deadlifts so. <laughs> no it was it wasn't ideal like I didn't go and I did I was very cautious on that workout because I was aware that it's just a stepping stone 
um mm. but it's it's something like you know I'm, I just need to be better at um but it's one of those that like I mean when they came up in the open I was like this is an this is going to be a bit of a bruise to the ego but I'd rather them come now than coming quarterfinals <laughs> and same with thrusters really yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's kind of two fairly weak movements for me that well especially deadlifts thrusters depends on the combination I'd say but it's like rather than come up come up now yeah. and then quarterfinals hopefully a little bit higher skill give me some power snap well not power snap just snatches it'll be good I didn't power any <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest, like, yeah, all three workouts were damage limitation for me, but especially the deadlift one, because I hadn't been doing any sort of volume in deadlifts. But mm. for, for me, it was very different, uh, very different experience in why, why I was doing it this year. But yeah. um, so I really want to talk about JST Compete um, yeah. and like being being up there. Before that, I got to touch on on the games, right? To go to the yeah. games in 2021. <laughs> yeah. And what, what I've really got, though, from from, you know, is you've always been kind of, aspirationally competitive you know whether it be regionals kind of sanctionals semi-finals but the the road to the games in 2021 it was the first year of the semi-final format with everything that um kind of like covid threw in as well i'm guessing that kind of like that was an opportunity that kind of like emerged relatively short term right yeah it was it was weird like other years you kind of like obviously aod are hoping to go to the games again this year um but this year it's kind of like you you know the layout you know mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen you know kind of you've got a bit of a gauge from last year what type what sort of where the standard is at um what that season progress is like whereas the, whereas back then uh when we started the season with a different team helen was planning on going individual for semi-finals mm-hmm. um and so we had georgia smith ball on our team but then helen didn't qualify for semi-finals mm-hmm. um so it ended up that helen then substituted for georgia smith ball but we did qualify for semis with Georgia. Mm-hmm. We had two Georgias on the team. Um, so we'd, <laughs> we'd made that qualification for semis with Georgia and we'd come in 10th in the quarterfinals, which theoretically puts you in, it's not a secure position at all, but it's a, oh, okay, hang on. We've actually got potential here mm-hmm. to go to the games, which we didn't, that wasn't our intention for the season. The intention was to go to semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because... Um, I guess not not in a sort of negative way, but in a really realistic way. Yeah. Like just like this year, my goal was to go to semi-finals, not to go to the games. Not because, <laughs> not because I'm being like, oh, don't say, it. but it's it's not realistic. So I think. Yeah. And then it was kind of that was the moment that we were like, oh, hang on, there's some there's something else yeah. to it here. Um. And so yeah, we just made a massive push for it. Obviously, at semis. Mm-hmm. Um. And found ourselves celebrating and then I was like guys um I don't think we're actually allowed in the US you know <laughs> like, <"Wait>, what? <laughs> I was like yeah um so you're not allowed to go to the US from the UK <laughs> and then chaos ensued um and then it was like a couple of days before we'd supposed to go to Dubai they granted these travel exemptions um but we sort of had a vote and guys voted go to Dubai anyway Um, and so yeah Dubai and then all the way back across the other other side of the world so the jet lag was unreal Um, and then yeah you sort of suddenly find yourself at the CrossFit Games somehow and now I look back on it and I'm like what? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I think um, I also feel like people think I'm wearing my CrossFit Games kit to make a point, and I'm like, no, I literally just don't have anything else to wear. <laughs> and I, I'd like to think it's reasonably good quality, right? You know, it is. It is. The leggings don't fall down, um, and because it's quite plain, it goes with everything else as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that like kind of like, especially with like the, I guess at that point it was 18 best part of 18 months right from the first lockdown through to then just finding yourself in madison you know really it wasn't kind of like a, a culmination of years of folk i mean years of training obviously and it's not to it's not this is not to diminish the effort but like it wasn't kind of like the kind of the plan right you know it was kind of like the opportunity none of it itself. yeah none of it was a plan though because i did individual quarterfin- quarterfinals as well just like helen mm-hmm. did just to see where i was at and like I say that in a like a hundred percent like I a hundred percent was not like oh what if I qualify for semis what will I do then I was just like I just want to see where I'm at because like mm-hmm. um because as well we didn't expect um because we were kind of only expecting to get to semi-finals as a team my long-term goal was semi-finals as an individual so I was like I'll go team this year mm-hmm. and then see where I'm at as an individual and potentially aim to go semis next year as an individual mm-hmm. um if obviously if I, if I could qualify um but sort of see where I'm at this year and then um so actually that was almost the bigger shock for me really I, I think I was more like flustered when I looked at the leaderboard for set, for individual quarterfinals than I was for um the team I think just because th- there was less movement on the leaderboard on mm-hmm. the team one um, <laughs> to be fair um so there was wasn't but we knew we we went in in quite a good spot and the last workout we knew we could do well on um with uh, not Isabel and Grace or Gretel and Ingrid um Mm -hmm. and I think we did we did win that one (laughs) so it was like a (laughs) finished on a high um so yeah none of it none of it went to plan like like how do we deal with this sort of thing um, yeah, sounds like a lot of stuff from 2020 and 2021, though, doesn't it? So I mean, yeah, it's just like what's going on. So yeah, lockdown was a weird one, but um, I guess the solo training worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just always imagined someone was beating me, really. Yeah. Now, now, um, kind of talking of solo ch- training, and and let's let's move now to the kind of like move up to JST compete and the high performance yeah. CrossFit. Um, I guess when you moved up, though you'd have still been in uh like before this before they opened their their current facility right so back yeah. uh, i can't remember where the place was force. the place was called force that's force right fitness, yeah. yeah so but i mean i can only imagine that the kind of games experience kind of fueled your kind of like competitive aspirations which were already there but yeah. like that that move to jst compete is, is geographic as well as kind of like a change in in coach and and programming like was that kind of like a real um did you go through quite a I guess it's a big big life move right to make that geographic move and things like that I've moved yeah. around the, around the country but was that like kind of doubling down on on kind of like your kind of your training your kind of goals and but I guess also sitting down with with your kind of like new coach and and kind of like um did you make kind of specific goals when you joined JST Compete or is it more like a, a vision and what i mean by the difference between a vision and a goal, goals I mean yeah. goals can be quite measurable and like it was yeah. going to be here then and and then games then or is it more around like we've talked about habits and things being like yeah these I'd are the say type- definitely more of a vision yeah. yeah i like that kind of um differentiation um obviously like there's a goal for, the, the goal for me was to qualify for semis um 
but that doesn't sort of detract from the overall vision in the long term mm-hmm. um there was there was as well like potential for a team but that just sort of didn't come to fruition mm-hmm. just based on obviously their everyone has to live within 100 miles of the affiliate mm-hmm. um and that was like we didn't have an eligible team so obviously mm-hmm. um we weren't going to break the rules to try and <laughs> get yeah. a team in um yeah. so um yeah that that didn't come to fruition this this year um but i mean there's potential for that in the future mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess it was uh, jack's my coach jack from jst is my coach so it was sort of like you know come to, come up to wigan and this is what's going on here this is what the the vision is for like high performance crossfit and mm-hmm. um creating this environment and um i mean i before uh, thinking about like where i'm at in my life like i've i live i lived at home um and just before the games and during semi-finals and quarterfinals all of that I was like just finishing my degree so I had my dissertation I was on full-time placement doing physio so and I actually missed my graduation when we were out of the games um so I sort of pretty busy it was pretty busy last year um and I actually like I did have a job offer and then we qualified for the games I was like um well sorry I've got to go to Dubai for a month and Mm -hmm. a few weeks and then we were basically away for nearly a month so um I sort of turned down that job and I think also just having that sort of we've made it to the games kind of made me make that switch like I just can't see myself worth like being a full-time physiotherapist in the NHS at this point Mm -hmm. in time (laughs) like that's not going to work for me um for and I think also like if I did do that I'd be like what have I what have I worked so hard so long for because like I know there are people who work full-time they're very good athletes but the levels are just getting higher and higher and the what it takes to get to the top is becoming more and more Mm -hmm. and um I wouldn't get as far if I was working a full-time job like it's just yeah it's I mean like like saying and we can we'll definitely get into this is that like the, the the level of commitment required you know you're talking like multiple like double double training sessions as as standard and like yeah if, mm-hmm. if you've got yeah. if you've got other commitments around that whether they be kind of like a job family it, it's it, yeah. ever increasingly difficult to kind of like make make time for that um before talking about that so you know being invited up to kind of jst compete and we talked earlier around kind of um you know, you know, training up there, I think you described it as there's always kind of someone beating you in a workout. And yeah. so how is that kind of, because we talked about, you know, big fish, small pond yeah. and change and, and like having started from zero, like, you, you know, in 2014, building yeah. up through things, then training on your own. And you were describing kind of training with the guys down at AOD as like, well, I, they used to pull me along all the time. Right. Yeah. And they was just like, well, it's great to great to train around people who are kind of better than you because they're going to push yeah. you all the time and then feeling like you were hanging with the, like hanging, yeah. you know, level pegging with them. And yeah. then to move to be training with the likes of like Taylor, Reggie, kind of yeah. Ella, you know, just to name a few of them, like um, how, like how, how has that been a shift? I mean, that, that kind of like sounds like being out on say Arnold fitness games or European champs competition floor all day, every day to be kind of surrounded <laughs> by some of the, the kind of top individuals in, in in the UK yeah um I think it's it's something that like I feel 
it's a learning curve for every single one of us. Like, we, like I speak to like Beth, Sophia, Ella, Reggie, Taylor, Philroy. Um, I think that's everyone who's moved to Wigan now. Um, if I've forgotten anyone, I'm very sorry. Um, it's been a big transition. I think like Reggie's talked about it quite a bit on other podcasts as well about like the transition from going from training like on top of a job um, to being full time. But it's not mm. just that. It's sort of that um, learning when to push mm-hmm. learning when actually you've got aerobic conditioning program so you should do aerobic conditioning not push mm-hmm. it to a maximum effort pace um but like a good example at the moment is for me that um obviously ella and taylor and reg are all training for semi-finals so their training has really ramped up in terms of the crossfit side of things because I'm, whilst I'm, I'm aiming for some um, UK competitions um, for like a bit of experience, bit of exposure, potentially podium would be nice. Um, that's kind of, and also just having some intermediate goals because setting my sights on semis, which seems so far next year in the future, mm-hmm. um, just kind of having like a bit of a benchmark to be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is something to work towards um, that's kind of in the relatively near future. Um, but like their training, they've ramped up their training CrossFit wise and I'm going completely back to basics. So I'm running and I'm running in weighted vests. I'm doing all my strict stuff. I'm benching, I'm squatting, squatting twice a week, but then also some loads of accessories. When I'm squatting, it's not, it's not the usual, it's 10 sets of 10 now with it, like it's hell. Mm. <laughs> um, so then for, there's, there's always a bit of, um, it's a positive pressure, but you've got to learn to know when to say no. When you've got Reggie Faster saying, hey, hop in on this workout with me. And then you're, you know, you always kind of be like, oh, I don't want to think I'm like, don't want him to think I'm slacking. But I'm like, no, actually, I need to put my foot yeah. down here because I've got 10 by 10 bat squats tomorrow. And it's more important for me to do them yeah. than ruin myself on a workout that isn't my current focus. And yeah. if my focus is to build a base and get stronger, like, yeah, I might be better at CrossFit at this moment if I do more CrossFit but in the long term this is what's going to yeah. benefit me more so it's kind of learning um but then there are times where it is like really good to um like join in with other people so it's really learning to get the balance between mm-hmm. making the most of being in that environment and training with other people and joining in and pushing yourself in that way and also learning to kind of take that responsibility for your own training and um knowing actually no today is not the day for it or today is the day for it yeah and and getting that right because otherwise you know like jack walks in and like what are you doing going unbroken on those massive sets of uh wall balls (laughs) (laughs) yeah the thing is i i've also got like if i do a workout and then i tell jack that i failed all my squats the next day when he knows i'm perfectly capable of doing them i'll know i'll know it's my fault (laughs) um Uh, so even just doing these qualifiers um like sort of i've like Jack's giving me the responsibility to like you're going to put them in when you um mm. when you see fit so like last week I did the battle for middle ground qualifier which you know if you saw everyone found it awful um <laughs> it was awful <laughs> and then I had my 10 by 10 uh, eight it was eight by 10 that week uh back squats after and I was like I really need to make these because otherwise it was a mistake to do the qualifier first so that was sort of managed and doing the, the um kind of yeah getting that balance and mm-hmm. sometimes um 
but also knowing when when actually you know i'm feeling good um i'm gonna do a little bit extra yeah because there's no excuse now there's no excuse to um i don't have time like i don't have time um to do this that or the other the Mm -hmm. only excuse is or not excuse the only reason really is actually no i'm too fatigued or it's not going to benefit me um to do this yeah now and and what what you've been describing there just it sounds full-time right you know like you know having to think about right okay this is the kind of we've got the vision but this is the short-term goal this is what we're working to to right now okay this is what's happened now we've now we've kind of stepped right back having to Mm. put your foot down it's a huge commitment and i mean to kind of change from say you know the majority of people are going in doing the workout on the whiteboard or whatever's in the app that they're following but you know not perhaps having to think about it too much beyond beyond that unless they're you know trying to get you know serious serious about kind of progressing um one of the things you know through choking fitness i've i try to keep an eye on like the let's call it the domestic calendar as well and you've mentioned kind of you know the battle for middle ground kind of european champs things like that um but then there's a host of kind of like like more like let's call them local competitions and like Mm. there's many different kind of like you know some of them are regional some of them are kind of like it's like a box throw down have you found that really kind of committing to the kind of like the long game you're having to kind of back like you know be a lot more selective about where like when you kind of compete because it is disruptive Mm. to 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 kind of like the the training yeah uh definitely um, I mean, when I first kind of posed the idea to Jack um, about doing these competitions, I think he like he wasn't he wasn't sold on it because he's sort of like as my co- like knows you know we have that mutual longer term goal, um, but obviously he's had that discussion and sort of supportive mm-hmm. of me doing these um, for like to be honest like a lot of reasons really and it's not just um, like it's having the goals it's also like I'm aware that like I want to be full time um, I've got. I've got support from Aliko and CMP, which is great. Um, Aliko, um, obviously, kitting out the JST gym, which is awesome, like literally the best kit you could you could possibly ask for. And then CMP, um, that's more recent and like really enjoying having their supplements. Um, so it's kind of like looking as well at how am I going to make this work? And at the moment, um, like it's not sustainable so to speak <laughs> um mm-hmm. like obviously i'm trying to expand my nutrition as well so getting that bit more exposure um and those brands that i am working with exposure for those brands and potentially um work, looking to work with other brands and also um it's funny because like i used they were they those comps used to be my be all and end all they were my goals for my season mm-hmm. like when i used to start like was it battle of britain i used to do um mm-hmm. like i think i did it two or three times um and i remember I think it's like Emily Dwyer winning one time. Um, I can't quite remember, but all these athletes who were kind of like at that regional level or similar um, being those people on the podium and me just kind of being there, like having to do the qualifiers twice just to get in, um, all of that and kind of coming middle of the pack and kind of just being there to do it rather than being there to truly compete. And Mm -hmm. now I'm entering these with a different mindset um, and so yes there's prize money that would be helpful (laughs) um (laughs) but also having a bit of a shift in mindset rather than um going in with a i'm just here to take part yeah going in and learning to deal with that little bit of pressure on yourself like i'm not just here to take part i'm here to i'm here to win Mm -hmm. and like kind of being bold enough to actually say that out loud without being like 
oh no I don't want to say that because it sounds arrogant or it sounds silly or anything like that like no you're gonna do it like mm-hmm. go all, go all in with it sort of thing um yeah well especially when you consider the kind of like the sacrifice and commitment that athletes are having to make to to kind of like qualify and and perform at that level so you know it's something we've spoken about kind of like off pod around like some of the frustrations that come through kind of like you know that we're we're all i guess regardless of the level we're like competing at we're all um kind of like using the same format you know it's online or you know yeah we do get to live live competitions but qualifiers and things like that but so you described you know you you turn down a job as a physiotherapist you're like you know yeah. i want to i've got to pursue this full time yeah. you've got responsibilities for for brands you know trying to make mm-hmm. it sustainable and as we were describing kind of training itself is is full yeah. time it's a long term yeah. commitment so it's like some sometimes um, sometimes i ask this question when individuals have come from other sports where mm-hmm. that, like more mature sports right so mm-hmm. whether it be like you know evander with like um, american football or mm-hmm. and things like that um, you know, Georgia, um, Davenport from swimming and things like, yeah. you know, always intrigued. I mean, rowing, rowing you, you're the fastest or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of my, <laughs> my, my experience of sport. Like, um, doing, we did do some regattas. So, yeah. um, that's fairly established and, you know, you, you time it and if you were fast, you were fast. If you weren't, you weren't. And yeah. for the indoor rowing champs, even like you can't cheat. It's on a concept too. Yeah. Um, verified <laughs> yeah so is that is that something that you found quite frustrating then like you know i think kind of cross it seems to be a lot on social media so a lot of the time these things can be um kind of uh, uh sensationalized but i think mm. they're underlying there is some kind of like frustrations around what seem to be kind mm. of like mess ups around like workout free in the quarterfinals yeah. and kind of you know uncertain like rule book changes which aren't announced kind of and and things like that does that does that get quite demoralizing when you're putting so much on the line as an individual like to to then feel like you're a bit at the mercy of uh unexpected uh mistakes massively um like obviously i was disappointed um to not qualify for semis um but it was a kind of a disappointment that i could like i could sit with that because i'm like you know what like that that's where I'm at that's where these other girls are at and I didn't make the qualification that that is what it is I need to keep working hard I need to potentially work harder to make that happen um but like fair's fair so then to find out that people have only done half the shuttle runs on a workout that was one of my lower finishes um like I'm not saying that would have been the difference between getting Mm -hmm. in but there is potential like you look at the way because obviously for everyone, every person who moves up, someone, every person who moves in, someone else has got to get pushed out and people getting mm-hmm. pushed out are unfortunately the people who've actually done really well in that workout. Um, because if you took all the invalid scores out, then the further down the leaderboard you were, the more points you'd make up. Yeah. Um, obviously having been quite far down the leaderboard on that, I was like, mm, you just never know. Yeah. Um, and it's not not so much that one workout, just the, the principle of it, because then you you just start to think, okay, if that's that workout, then what about that workout? And you know, who was holding the dumbbells together over their head? And even just um, so, like my workout five got verified, um, but my workout four, which was the lift, didn't get verified, and that was thir- I think thirty sixth in Europe. Mm-hmm. So like you know that they're not verified, they're not even verifying the top sixty, let alone 
all the other scores that aren't even in the top 60 for each workout that are affecting who makes it into the overall top 60. Mm. Um, and they're not giving any um, indication of what the process is. It's all behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it could literally be as simple as we will verify every single score from, say, zero to 100 for each workout, plus every single score of individuals who are in the top 100 overall. I feel like that would kind of, and that's not to say that I don't think it should be for everyone, as in everyone who signed up for quarterfinals has just as much right to have their score Mm -hmm. validated and take part in a fair process because otherwise what's the point? Um, Mm. But in terms of those top athletes who are putting a lot more on the line, um, kind of have that security to know that whatever happens, um, whatever you do is like you you've done what you can control Mm. um and and like trust that the rest is going to be fair as well um and it's actually quite it's funny coming into um you you coming into these more local uk comps and they're able to look at every single score Mm -hmm. and they're testing really rigorously um and my boy like my boyfriend's doing some of the um judging for battle for middle ground and they are on it Mm. And it's like, they're not making millions and millions. They're not this huge. And like, you know, you can calculate to a certain extent how much CrossFit are making just from the open, just to the, from the quarters. Yeah. Um, and also from the online judges course. So, um, you know, in the open, if you don't do it an affiliate, that's the option to upload your video. And then the ju- people with the judges certification can flag it yes or no. Why can't that happen in the quarterfinals? And then any, mm. any ones that get X number of flags, get reviewed more officially by crossfit even so it's not even that they have to recruit the manpower um mm. i'd say there's enough people that would do it for free yeah. um, because people just love crossfit yeah and and i think you know you've kind of hit on on there like you know you tr- and we've spoke earlier around you want to control the things you can control but then you want to feel the things that aren't in your control are are just and, and reasonable right and that yeah. it's not like you know because yeah there can be Oh, it's just unfortunate. And I don't think some of the things we're talking about here are like, oh, it's part of the sport, that. It's part of the yeah, sport. Yeah, no, like, it's, it's stuff that shouldn't be yeah. part of the sport. Yeah. Like, um, you know, having, being in a competition and getting a few no reps that, you know, you know, getting a few no reps on a chest bar when you felt your chest hit the bar. I mean, mm, that's part of it. You know, there's yeah. human error and that happens. You probably also got given a few reps that weren't reps. And in the yeah. grand scheme of things, it's probably evened out and you get on with it. Yeah. Um that's that's going to be part of the sport um but these are things that there's very obvious solutions to yeah um and that people are paying good money for um but it like that like i find that like really frustrating like actually quite upsetting but on the flip side like i can yeah i can sort of um share posts on social media and do whatever there is that the community can do to try and raise awareness to get CrossFit mm. to make some changes. Aside from that, I can't do anything about it. But what I can do is be so good that it doesn't matter if I had one finish yeah. that was a bit lower because a few people put in some invalid scores because Taylor and Ella still got in. Mm-hmm. So like, it's possible to get in if you're good enough. Yeah. So, and that's where I want to be. So yeah. I don't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, well, maybe I would have got it. Like, I don't want to be just scraping in it anyway. Yeah. So like that's kind of the mindset I've got I've got to take away from it um because otherwise you're just gonna sort of wallow in feeling sorry for yourself and it's not going to get you anywhere <laughs> yeah. 
yeah i guess it's yeah it's like sphere of influence sphere of concern right and you can be concerned about it but only to the extent at which you can do some influence which would be like having conversations like this like i, I am pleased that you're like trying to folk like say you know you're Taylor and and Ella kind of get in right so yeah. it can be done and the thing to do is to remove that uncertainty by training hard focusing yeah. on the on the vision and and you know kind of put, putting in the heart continuing to put in the hard work um one thing where, where I just want to finish and we have talked about it a little bit is around like nutrition so you have set up mm -hmm. um kind of you've got your nutrition business as well and I guess this speaks yeah. to kind of like you know trying to make training sustainable right and uh, yeah. talking about being a physio in the NHS like a full-time yeah. physio you it's hands-on right so if your hands are on a pay, on a client or a phys or a patient they're yeah. not on a barbell right so yeah and I you're guess... on your feet it's more being on your feet than like hands-on to be honest <laughs> yeah um especially when you're working on the wards yeah and so nutrition kind of offers that more um, kind of flexible approach, I guess, in terms of fitting it around your your other commitments, your training and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I guess as well, like, you know, we've talked about how it's part of the jigsaw, right, of, of kind of performance, whether that be for CrossFit or for anything and um, habit based kind of uh, nutrition as well, which I think you've described and we've discussed being so important. Is that something that you, like, you're passionate about over the years then? Is that is that grounding in how you're kind of, setting up your kind of nutrition business is, is that based on like your own experience and like what's worked for you as well yeah I'd say so um like over the years like um, like mentioned earlier having difficulties like with mental health and what part of that was like having an eating disorder so um I had, was bulimic and then um but just over the years really like I think it's much more common than not um especially with female athletes to have some kind of eating disorder or disordered eating which a non-diagnosed um can problem but you you're not quite um there's something disordered in the way you're eating um so I guess that's where my interest started um and maybe it started as a more unhealthy interest um <laughs> you know just in like what what should I be eating and you know calorie counting and all of that mm. but actually over the years I'd say transitioning from like having that like more of a calorie counting in a restrictive way to now moving to um like actually the more knowledge you have of nutrition the more understanding the more empowered you are to make your own knowledgeable decisions um and make logical decisions as well um like if you know um like for example i've, I've made a post about it the other day about having difficulty on a rest day like eating enough carbs um, because there's still that bit of my brain that's saying like, no, you don't like you eat, you're eating because you train, not it's like, no, actually like you eat because you need to eat to be alive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I need to eat even more because there's more of me and I've got to do, I did a lot yesterday and I've got to do a lot tomorrow. Um, so I guess having like the amount that having that nutritional knowledge has helped me in respects like that, um, making sure I'm eating enough and just kind of understanding what I should be eating and then also how to implement it. Um, like I know there are people that are athletes out there who do not eat any junk food, whatever you want to call it. Um, foods that are widely considered unhealthy. Um, like I really, I don't think I'm never going to be one of those people maybe because of where, like where I've come from in terms of my nutrition. Um, but I do want to kind of be able to help show other people that there's ways to um, eat eat well, but eat in ways that like you enjoy and mm. that 
um, like kind of, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, a, obviously no eating disorders qualifications. I mean, that's not like my, a specialty or anything like that, but certainly um, helping people just kind of in, enjoy the way they're eating and have a lot less stress around it um, and understand what they're eating a little bit more. Mm. And I think coming from more of a habits-based approach versus a um, here's a diet plan approach mm-hmm. because you're not you're not empowering anyone with anything by telling someone what to eat and all you're probably going to do is they'll do it for a bit and then they won't do it and then they'll feel like a failure um <laughs> which they're, which they're not <laughs> it that that hugely resonates with with me and i, I think you yeah. know I think both men and women, especially I think within kind of like fitness, you know, it's about that relationship um, with, with food can be Mm -hmm. kind of like, and this is not going into kind of giving, making comments or uh, giving advice on eating disorders or anything. I definitely don't have any, I don't have any place in doing that, but you know, I've kind of gone through different experiences myself and I've tried templates in the past and I'm either, I'm either like all in, or I'm yeah. the opposite. And my wife and I have yeah. always joked that like we really enjoy food and um where I am as a new father now, right? And I'm not kind of like have a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. food because I do enjoy food, right? But yeah. at the same time, I need to have those habits in place that set yeah. me up for kind of like success rather than exactly. kind of like when I am knackered, when I haven't slept well yeah. or I've been at work late, I kind of my go-to is based on some good habits yes exactly and not just have sometimes it's not so much about habits sometimes it's about active preparation like um and maybe that that preparation becomes habitual um but um like something that I do and I'm something I'm working on with my nutrition um with my nutrition business to bring out in future is a lot more resources um on meal prepping because that's Mm. something that's huge for me and for me it's partly because just I literally eat so much that I can't possibly cook myself that many meals a day to eat that much. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas for other people, and I like, I am busy. Like it is nine to five at the gym. Um, but I appreciate other people are work nine to five and go to the gym and kids, etc. So, um, but obviously I'm doing my gym, trying to do like my nutrition as well. So like the meal prepping is a big one. Um, and I think it's not just, yeah, it's having knowledge, um, that's that can be the first step for some people and some people will come for coaching and they've already got that knowledge they already know what calories are mm-hmm. they already know what macros are they say I just don't know how to do it mm-hmm. and you're like okay like that's I think where the hardest part of coaching comes mm-hmm. in because you can teach someone what macronutrients are you can teach someone what calories are um, but the harder part is to actually say how how is implementing this knowledge into your life into the way the foods that you like like how can we make that work for you like what do you eat your food preferences might be completely different to mine so mm-hmm. I've got to kind of like look at where you're starting and be like okay can we make some small changes or if you're saying you've got a habit of coming home and on a day that you're tired having a takeaway can you actually have a meal already prepared could mm-hmm. you have made twice as much yesterday when you made dinner and have that that's just yeah. like and sometimes it's more simple than um you expect it to be and sometimes it's harder than you expect it to be yeah um, but then it's also person like in, individual to, the, to that person as well and I guess that's where yeah. that kind of having that conversation right knowledge kind of there's loads of information out there but it's being able to kind of like put it to good use really yeah, so for sure. but oh no no thanks it's, it's really cool to kind of like you know through through chugging fitness i've come across a number of people like within our community that are sharing that you know are kind of 
have a nutrition business and sharing that information yeah. i think the more we have it especially when it comes from within the community i think it comes yeah. with the right kind of like context the right understanding yeah. um you know it's not a like off the shelf plan necessarily in the same yeah. way so it can be like okay but you know you know there's there's a bit a little bit more of like a kind of shared passions like outside yeah. of outside of passion as well that's that kind of trust and like a passion for it that the that person maybe who's doing the coaching has like done that qualification whatever they've done because of their experience in life mm. and like they've used it to help them and now they're sharing their skills with other people and kind of trying to help them because it's had such an influence on their life as opposed to someone being kind of like oh, I don't really know what to do so I'm just going to get my level three personal training course and kind of mm. become a personal trainer and uh, we'll see what happens sort of thing like it like like you say coming from within that community already and we see we see that with coaching as well right you know people get into CrossFit yeah. it changes their lives right you know for, yeah. I guess, for yourself as well right yeah. and then you're like you know yeah. what this is you know I want to kind of I'm going all in both on my yeah. own kind of aspirations but equally you know seeking to change allow others to have their lives kind of changed by it as well yes. yeah so. definitely oh brilliant no Georgia it's been an absolute delight to chat to you thank you very you much too. for uh you know I, I I'm really looking forward to talking to you and it's, it's been great to kind of hear about your own journey with with CrossFit both as a methodology and kind of out on the competition floor yeah. I'm 100% yeah. sure I'm looking forward to seeing you uh you know on, on more competition floors to come as well let's hope so <laughs> bye. bye thank you